What is up, y'all? My name is Mitchell, and I am here to uh, continue the series, The Way. Uh, we are talking about the habits of Jesus that were so radical, not only 2,000 years ago, but even today. Uh, we have cover, covered gathering, uh, silence, and solitude, and this week we are talking about Bible meditation. Uh, so before we get started, I'm just going to pray real quick and open us up. Dear God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, that we have to uh, be able to give these sermons on video. God, I pray that you will speak through me in this time uh, because I'm imperfect. God, I love you, I need you, and we love you and we need you. In your name we pray, amen. So as I said, we are talking about the way. Uh, this week we are looking at Bible meditation, not just Bible reading, but meditation. Uh, so I want you to ask yourself, are you a reader? It's a pretty simple question, kind of think about it for a second, but I can tell you honestly that I did not read a book from about seventh grade until my sophomore or junior year of high school. I figured that I could get around it pretty easily. I could get out of work and maybe just search a summary, but uh, my sophomore year, I had a book project that my teacher required. Uh, we just had to, we got to pick the book that we wanted to do, so I decided to do the book of Obadiah. Uh, it's a book of the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, and it's about 21 verses long. And I knew I would get away with this because my teacher had told us that she was an atheist, and so I thought I would just make an educated guess and assume that she hadn't read the Bible. And so lo and behold, she let me do the book of Obadiah, 21 verses long, for a book project when other students were doing books for about 200, 300 pages long. Uh, and once I got approved, I thought I was going to get to work, but again, about the night before the project was due, I hopped on Wikipedia, looked at a summary of the book of Obadiah, and made a presentation. And this wasn't the only time that I had just looked at a summary of a book that I didn't want to read, and because I knew that if I just looked at a summary, I could get close to the same grade that I would get if I were to read the entire book. And I had noticed this as a trend from seventh until my sophomore, junior year of high school. And I don't think that this idea of just getting a summary is really restricted to school, and it's definitely not restricted to me. Uh, I think a lot of the times we can think that we'll just get a summary of a Bible verse or a passage on Sunday from Brad, so why would I need to spend my precious time and precious mind power reading the Bible when, again, I can just get a summary? And I think the concept and the image of the Bible has been diluted. Uh, we have such easy access to this book. Uh, if you're lucky, there will be somebody on the side of the road giving it away, uh, which is so amazing. But I think that the power and the, uh, the realization that the Bible is the living, breathing word of God, has, it's just gone down a little bit. But if the Bible is true, and if, the, and if God exists, if we accept those things, we have the most valuable item on earth. We have a divine book from God that tells us why we are living, that tells us why we should be happy, that tells us how to be happy, how we should live our lives. So let's use it. If the Bible is true, we have the reason for life's existence right here. So let's meditate on it. See, meditation has absolutely taken over our culture. It has uh, been just blown up by society because they're realizing that it's becoming this pretty beneficial thing for, for, for humans to spend time meditating. 
But I, uh, growing up, I would always think that meditation was lots of people just sitting in a room going om over and over again. And I really never equated it to the Bible either. But meditation can also be unintentional. Anxiety is just meditating on the things that have gone or may go bad. Uh, when people are saying that they're brainstorming, they're meditating. Uh, and again, I never thought of the Bible as meditation or even any way to meditate on the Bible. But believe it or not, the Bible is stacked with references to meditation all throughout both the Old and New Testament. Uh, I, I just had no idea. So let's, let's take a look at a few verses now of where the Bible talks about meditation. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Psalm 1, 2 through 3 says, but, though, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. 1 Timothy 4.15 says, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. But if culture is meditating all the time, then how is what we're doing so radical? We're talking about, again, the radical habits of Jesus. But uh, when people are intentionally meditating, they're meditating on themselves, their inner thoughts, their ideas, their experiences. And as I said, even when we're subconsciously meditating, uh, we're meditating on kind of things that have gone bad, maybe things that have gone well. Culture has realized one of the best habits of Jesus without the best part, the Bible. Meditation in the world is emptying your mind so that something might fill it. But meditating on the word is filling your mind so that God might make changes in your life. That is what is radical about what we're doing. That is what is different. We are meditating on God's word. So let's take a moment. We're going to look at what meditation is. Uh, using those uh, three verses in uh, Psalm, Joshua, and 1 Timothy, we can break down meditation into four steps. Reading the word, hearing the word, studying the word, and memorizing the word. Again, it's reading, hearing, studying, and memorizing. Number one, simple. Read the word, but with intentionality. Academia, colleges, universities, they read the Bible because it's a historical text. They analyze it and pick it apart, and they get nothing from it. I think we can even read the Bible and get nothing from it just by glossing over it. But when we read the Bible intentionally with the lens of hope in Christ Jesus, we can allow the living word to affect change in our lives. Y'all, we have the words of Jesus written on paper. But like when I think about that, when I spend time really in thought about that, that is so crazy to us. So let's use it. Let's read it with intentionality. Number two, hear the word. This is one of the biggest reasons we encourage your small groups on Sunday to uh, read the passage about three times. It's so that everybody can have a chance to both read it and hear it. Uh, because when we hear the word out loud, it changes the way that we process it. Different things might be able to stick out. And that's why we encourage people to download the app Dwell or the Bible app. Both are uh, amazing resources that can turn the Bible into an audiobook. And number three, study the word. You see, when we read or uh, even hear the Bible, we can skip over things. We can ignore our doubts. 
We can uh, skip past our questions. And that is so dangerous. We need to face our doubts and, and address our questions head on. But ask your small group leader for a recommendation for a study Bible. Even if you don't have one, look in the margins of your Bible. There are generally cross-references. There are so many ways that you can get awesome access to look at the amazing uh, cascade of the Bible. And when you study the Bible, you'll also be able to appreciate the symphony that are the 66 books of the Bible. They all align together. We just did a series on Joseph's life, and without studying the Bible, we wouldn't have realized that Joseph's life is a representation of Jesus. Uh, and you'll notice the Bible will also hold up against any challenge. This summer, uh, I was interacting with an Albanian high schooler who uh, was afraid to trust the Bible because the Albanian history books were proven wrong. They were spreading disinformation. But we told him that the Bible has been meticulously picked apart, and it has not been proven wrong. And number four, memorize the word. Memorizing the word is an amazing way to make sure that God's word is hidden in our hearts. And truthfully, when you're memorizing the word, the three steps of meditation that I just shared can come so naturally. Uh, you'll have to read it, hear it, and even study it so that you can memorize it. And when you're memorizing the word regularly, sharing it with others comes naturally. When it is on your mind and you are reciting it daily, it will just come up so naturally in conversation. But I do want to make it clear, you can do any of those four steps, reading, hearing, studying, and memorizing, and get nothing from it. You can do any of those four and it becomes a mundane chore, but unless you do it through a lens of awe and passion for Jesus Christ and God the Father, then you'll, you'll get nothing. But once you begin to uh, just, just be uh, overthrown by the, the glory of God, it will just change the way that you look and interact with the Bible. A great way to begin to dedicate yourself uh, to these four practices is by taking 15 minutes. Uh, depending on where you're at, you can do more, uh, but we're all about making reasonable goals here that are actually attainable. So just start with 15 minutes if, you're, if you don't have any habits currently. Uh, get into a quiet place that's distraction-free. Remember silence and solitude like we talked about last week. And spend 10 minutes reading a small verse in the Bible, maybe a small chapter. Uh, read it, listen to it, study it, look at the cross-references. And spend five minutes in prayer, asking God to reveal to you what you've read and maybe convict you for some things in your life. And we're going to be talking more about prayer next week. And then finally, pick a smaller verse out of what you just read to memorize over the week. And just that small practice can begin to create habits that not only Jesus reflected, but we need to be doing as well. And this practice of Bible meditation might sound pretty familiar to you because it's the basics. Uh, we talk about it all the time, and I just kind of disguise it quickly so you wouldn't ignore me, right, when I said the basics. Uh, but we have been talking about this for years, and it is such a beneficial habit. So I'm going to leave you with two questions. What does your current Bible meditation routine look like? And what might you personally gain from improving it? So whether you're at home or with your small group, I want you guys to think about that question. Thank you so much for joining us and can't wait to see you next week.